This episode has two parts. Part one, introduction to Joe, his broad views on tax consulting and comparison to auditing. Content is for educational purposes and does not represent the view of any entities affiliated with guests. Hello and welcome everyone. I'm Jasper and this is the PB&J cast where we explore careers, ideas and unique stories. I am thankful for you investing your time to help broaden your perspective and joining me in the journey as we appreciate the process of finding and adding value in work. Today, very, very fortunate to have Joe here, a good friend of mine, talk about his experience, just giving him a bit of a background, did a Bachelor of Commerce in Accounting and Banking. Uh, during that time, he was part of the Kedden Wall Street Club, <laughs> Accounting Association Bloom. And super fun fact is that <laughs> he has featured at the age of 15 years old on two national broadcasts because he developed an app and they called him a child genius. <laughs> on top of that, he was on the show with uh, two of his sister and his cousin and they called him Joe's Angels. <laughs> He's blushing oh right gosh. now. It ended up being a top 100 arcade games. It was also endorsed by the Autism Association of WA. Uh, but what, what stood out is that Joe was not ashamed to say that he would donate 10% of all profits to charity and that he, quote, have big dreams, unquote. Mm. So, Joe, um, <laughs> anything I miss out on? No, mate, that's a pretty nice intro. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, we'll get straight into the role because of his hobbies. Uh, his hobbies include drone <laughs> flying and extremely passionate about tax. That's right. So I think you can guess Joe is a tax consultant at one of the big four what are they, firms. Professional services. Professional services. What else am I missing? No, mate, you got, a, you got it pretty spot on. Yeah. Spot on there. All right. All right. It's been an interesting journey. Okay. No, okay. Let's, let's get into it. Why are you passionate about tax? Why am I passionate about tax? I think, yeah, I think I'm passionate about tax mostly because it's something that every business has to deal with, right? So the saying death and taxes, right? So I think it was a, it's a good opportunity to get in the room with a lot of business businesses um, and a lot of business owners and seeing how they're running their business and that. And I think I was definitely attracted to, to getting in the room with them, you know, so I think yeah, that's something that really stirred my passion for tax. I also think it's a pretty cool system. I know many people don't like to, to pay tax and, and all that sort of stuff, but it's quite an intricate system. The complexities of it and the, the constant developments and changes that happen every year is like constantly, you know, the system's constantly changing. So I think it's pretty cool to be engaged in that. And everyone always talks about it. Everyone, you know, always asks, what can they do and and stuff like that to, mm. to improve their tax situation and it's cool to be able to you know have those conversations with people so yeah i'm that weird guy that likes tax <laughs> <laughs> you are but you're also right everyone like needs to know about tax even like, right. one of the first times i met joe i was like i was like yeah. oh i need to do my tax return <laughs> that's the first thing you thought of <laughs> <laughs> no but that's really interesting so i i know when you say that answer i notice there's elements of helping people and you know mm. I, I know you personally you definitely have a heart for people definitely yep. want to help people but why specifically in the role of tax is it because like everyone, like you've kind of alluded to it? Yeah, I think so. In, in particular with my role, yeah. I think being in that position on the, on the tax side of things, it's quite, it's usually managed in, in smaller firms by the owner. 
it's not something that you know if for example if uh, there's a small business and there's they need to do some marketing and that the owner might not get so involved they'll just you know leave it to you know a specialist to go do that but with tax usually because you know you're dealing with a company or their their business side but you usually also deal with their personal side and you're seeing quite personal information when you're talking about tax so it really gets you in the conversation with the actual person being the owner um, more so than you know a CFO or a or a board member and and in my time at different roles within a big four I've noticed that you know compared to where you know in different teams where you're engaging a lot with boards and committees um, it's a lot less personal uh, in compared to like dealing with you know on the tax side when you're actually dealing with the owner's business which they're you know they usually get quite heavily involved mm. when it comes to their tax bill and and their tax planning side of things um, so I think it, it creates a lot more of a, a deeper and more meaningful conversation with them as an individual. Um, so yeah, that's sort of why okay. I think that makes sense. No, that yeah. does make sense. Yeah. That makes sense. How would you then like justify the role? I, I, I get, but how then does it translate to like, we really need to pay someone to do this? Yeah. Look, a lot of people do think like, you know, when they get their, their tax, um, their accountants bill they, they don't really see like the value the value that is in it um uh but i think in particular a lot of people want to make sure that they are you know appropriately doing the right thing and paying the right amount of tax because there's risks there right mm. so i think to justify the role mm. i think it's showing that you're you know you're across the board with persons business situation or personal situation and being able to bring things to their attention that that not only in some events do save them tax or get them a better outcome but also you know protect their their assets and things like that. so i think it's in terms of the tax side there's also like asset protection side so i think a lot of people see more valuable in that making sure that their you know their homes are protected or you know their cash is protected or shares portfolios and that sort of interacts with tax as well so I think that's often the value isn't being added in, you know, doing the tax return. There's a bit more to it that goes behind a tax return. So the ad, the value adding usually comes from um, how we plan for a year ahead and having those discussions with people. It's not that, you know, they just come to us at the end of the financial year and we do their tax return. That's very like shallow mm. in, in, in this sort of business and what accountants actually do. But in the role that I'm in, it's a lot more we, we work with the clients throughout the year, making sure that they're ready for tax time. And you're sort of setting up structures and making sure that throughout the year as they do life and as they do business, as they buy things and sell things, that they're throughout the whole process, they're protected as well from you know, external sources and you know mm. things that could go wrong. So I think adding value really comes to, you know, giving people a sense of security about their home, their business, their assets. Mm. Um, I really do think that's where we're, we're adding value. It's not saying how much tax you got to pay at the end of the year. Yeah. I think more people need to know that because even yeah. for myself, yeah. it's just like, yeah, tax <laughs> return. Yeah. But your, your role is more specifically in, in wealth management tax. Yeah. So we, so being the team that's in private clients, so we deal with, you know, your higher net worths, um, more so because of the big four environment, we're dealing with the higher end and the bigger the bigger end of town that are that are private, but very much large enough to almost be public companies in that, as you could imagine. But um, yes, yeah, so there's a lot more involved than just 
an individual tax return because majority of my time won't necessarily be on like an individual tax return. Yeah. It's very, you know, um, structures and trusts. So you may have a family that has five or six trusts with multiple properties and making sure that they're protected. Damn. Um, <laughs> making sure that, you know, they're, they're, you know, putting money in the right places. Um, it's not so much advice because we're not really financial advisors. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a bit of a fine line there mm. between like a tax accountant and a financial advisor, but we're um, more about the structure. So mm. when I say structure, I mean like trusts, companies, mm. sole traders, you know, superannuation funds, what is actually behind the wealth of um, of the actual client and how they manage that wealth through a structure, yeah. not saying like, this is a good you know, you should put your money in shares compared to put your money in property. That's yeah. that's that would be more of a wealth manager. Yeah, gotcha, so, yeah. gotcha. Cool. How does it work? Because I, I would assume there's a very high net net value client. How then does the team structure work? Do you just get allocated one person or? Yeah. So obviously, so tax time varies as well. So um, you know, a lot of people think you know, um, thirty June. Or one July, everyone yeah. starts doing their tax returns. I think a lot of people think that because, um, you know, individuals will lodge their tax returns between now and the end of October. But our tax time sort of is broken up. So we do have some that go up like before Christmas for certain groups and entities. And then we have a 15 May uh, lodgement, which is where majority of things will have to be in at that point. Mm. In terms of the team, so you're talking about more like the structure of our team and how... Yeah. Yeah, so obviously at the top we have partners. Yeah. Um, this would be dependent on the firm. Majority of accounting practices run this sort of way. So you have your partners which hold the connection with the client. And at my level, being a consultant or, you know, the old-fashioned just accountant, mm. that's where we will get allocated jobs, I guess, in terms of groups, if mm. I'm saying it in that way. So it will be like a, a client group. So it will be, you know, a particular family, let's say. And every year you'll do their tax work. So let's say between August and October, you're working on that group and everyone has a portfolio. So I'll have a portfolio. And actually at the top, the partners have a bigger portfolio because yeah. there's about two or three of them. And then you have your senior managers. They'll have a bigger portfolio. And then as it goes, as it goes down, sorry, yeah. the portfolio gets bigger because actually you're not the one like fully responsible for it. Okay. So um, yeah, I would have probably about, 100, 100 entities in wow. my portfolio, which throughout the year, yeah. being from 1 July, which yeah. is where everyone thinks it all starts, from 1 July all the way to 15 May is yeah. where I'll be um, working through them. Okay. And do you do that with other people as well? Uh, so tax, uh, unlike something like auditing, yeah. so in a big four auditing, which is a lot of people think of big four, um, in coming out of university, most people that step out of a commerce degree will, will do auditing. That's different. That's very group work. Yeah. Tax, which is something I didn't realize so much, but tax is quite indi like individual work. Like you'll work with someone senior, which will review your work, but it's very not so much in a group environment unless it's a big job. So okay. I do work on a big job um, that takes about three months of my year. Wow. And that that yes, there's a team of about four or five, actually, yeah, five of us roughly. So, yeah. but that's because of the the size of the client and the group. Yeah. So it does vary, but most of the time you're assigned a job being a, a company to do their financials and tax return. 
then you're usually the only one on that. It wouldn't make sense for there to be multiple people on that. Okay, that makes sense. You know, I, I noticed you said until 15th of May. So what do you mm. do in between 15th May and 1st July? <laughs> well, well, usually, <laughs> Not the secret side of the bag. <laughs> well, usually work gets quite overwhelming and we yeah. don't often hit 15 May deadlines. Yeah. Um, so usually there's extensions and there's always work that flows over that date. Yeah. Um, it would be nice to know that on the 14th you've submitted all of the tax returns and it's all done, but, but often that doesn't happen. Um, and the ATOs, particularly with tax agents, they're very flexible on uh, due dates and stuff, so they will uh, set extensions. But funny, also around that time of year, we deal with some other taxes as well. So um, there's a bit of resting as well, getting ready for the next financial year. Um, a lot of tax planning goes on at that point um, in terms of yeah, figuring out, for example, like where clients are going to distribute their money out of trusts and where they're so a family trust, where am I going to send my money? Am I going to send it to my kids? Am I going to send it to another trust? Am I going to send it to a company? How a charity am I going to send it? So between then and the end of the year, we sort of do the tax planning side and then get ready for obviously the 1 July year. Um, but you've got to get all that tax planning out before 30 June mm. and say to the ATO, this is what we intend to do. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, right. So there's there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. So pretty much throughout the whole year, we're generally busy. Um, there might only be about three three months of the year that you've sort of in a bit of a limbo. So. In terms of work-life balance, <laughs> spill the beans. Yes, good question, good question. Look, I think a lot of people do think accounting is nine to five, yeah. but I think a lot of accountants disagree with that. Look, at the end of the day, it really does depend on, often depends on the firm that you work for. I think in in private practice, like in very like, small small firms boutique sort of accounting firms i think you may get that sort of nine to five that's my experience of it but i haven't really been that much in the small small accounting firms i think in a big four environment as many would expect it is a um the the hours can get can get long um they're not supposed to they're definitely not supposed to but they do and there's nothing, not there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. I think they're they're built to really test you and refine you in those in that particular business in a big four environment, mm-hmm. and that's why they're so um, you know a lot of people like big four employees because they know they've they've been pushed. They can do it. They've yeah. been pushed. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think it's a really important understanding that it's not the whole year. There may be certain parts of the year that you get to go home quite early mm-hmm. and stuff, but I think like nine to five may not necessarily exist. Like personally, my work, my work times would probably be around like 7.30. Yeah. I like to get up a bit more early and, and, and get to work and usually out by around six. Yeah, right. That's usually like the way I would sort of work. 7.30 um, to six. Relatively consistent throughout yeah. the year doing that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, don't get me wrong. It's some, sometimes the year, like July is usually quite chill for me yeah um which is weird because that's when everyone thinks i'm busy but yeah. i'm like july is great for me um you you sort of you're you're quite flexible you can do nines till nines till four thirties and stuff like that at five so it, it's yeah there's definitely a, a time of the year um i would say at least six months of the year that you will be you know spending more time at work than at home that's for sure okay yeah interesting <laughs> dang <laughs> seven thirty till six that sounds pretty rough and are you on the books that whole time or is it like 8.30 to 5? In terms of pay? Yeah. 
once again, it depends on the firm. Yeah. From my experience, True, yeah. it's it's not because it's a salary. Yeah. Majority of accountants will operate as a salary, unless you're like a trainee or a certain arrangements that it might be a bit different. But most professional service firms are like fixed costs, right? So that's how they run. That's how they make money is their salaries and everyone's like pretty much a salary. Mm. So you don't necessarily get tired. Like you don't get overtime. Yep. Or not. Well, I don't. But yeah. it's um, I think where you can make up is they're very flexible. Yes. So for example, if you've, let's say you've worked, you know, an two hours extra every day throughout the week, Monday to Thursday. Yeah. Um, something I like to do is I like to leave the office at like three, four o'clock on a Friday. Yeah. And you might get, you know, you can work through that or you might work from home, maybe start a bit later mm. um, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think that's where it sort of can be, you can sort of be a bit more flexible, but in terms of like a formal overtime, yeah. tax, from my experience, tax at a big four, that's not mess, that's not really yep. available. Yep. I know that it is in like auditing and um, some other businesses, but not not in tax, no, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Or else there'd be a, a big cost there. For them. Yeah. Now, why, why do you reckon most people um, choose tax? Is it is it the pathway? Is it the um, is it the recognition afterwards? Or what do you reckon? Why people would choose tax? In terms of, I, I do think it, it gives you a, a good a good footing to to step into many other roles. Okay. So like if you're if you're in tax, because um, remember, so I might just clarify. So when when you're doing tax compliance work, there's also financials as well. Okay. So it's not that we just prepare financial, uh, sorry, tax returns yep. all day. So a lot of clients will, alongside their tax return, we will give them um, financials, a special purpose financial. It's not it's not financials that will go onto like the stock market or to be released to share to investors and and publicly available. It's very just like you know, I'm a small business or I'm a, a family group. I want to see how much money I made, how much money I spent yeah. um, for my trust for, let's say, I own this rent, this property, commercial property with five or six stores on it. So yeah, we prepare all that. So in that time, you're getting a lot of, you know, management experience on how things run, right? So I think a lot of people, so when you're putting those two things together, I think a lot of people, or for myself at least, I would look at it as, you know, it's given me the opportunity to one day either set up my own business because I sort of get how these businesses run. Because like I said, I've got experience in a hundred businesses and way things are running. So I see how they how they run and I'm involved in, you know, preparing their figures and and seeing, okay, oh, I wonder how much this business makes on, uh, let's say a restaurant. Mm. Oh, wow. So, so wages are quite high in a restaurant. Oh, but then, you know, you might look at another, like a, let me think like just a real estate you say oh you know you can you know it's not all as as good as it might sound as you know i own this big property but you know at the end of the day you might not earn mm-hmm. as much once everything's paid and you pay your rates and council so you get to see i guess how things run in different sectors across many different industries mm-hmm. so it allows you to either like i said step into maybe a business of your own one day yep. um it also gives you a good uh standing to to you know advise and support be on the other end yeah. being like the the private you know financial controller of a of a business or a family operated business so i think it um i think that's why people would step into it some people want to stay in tax for the rest of their life and will always be the public accountant the accountant that's on the outside and does the tax and financials but i think a lot of people will look at it as it's a good 
stepping. Yeah, right. So for the first couple, you know, however long you feel, five years, 10 years or whatever. And then from that, I'll have a good understanding of maybe what business to go into mm. or or what business to invest in um, or what business, I guess, to work for. Yeah. And a lot of people do move in even into clients of, you know, clients saying you've done my tax work for, for all these years. Do you want to come on the other side of the table yeah. and be my like general manager or be my CFO, CFO uh, CEO or whatever yeah, right. in their operating business because you understand it, a yeah. lot of it because yeah. you've seen it in detail and yeah. you've reviewed every every like transactions and all that stuff that have gone through for many years, mm. it gives you a good um, opportunity to step up. So, yeah. Interesting. I see I'm, I'm learning something. I'm learning a That's lot good. actually. <laughs> you, as you said earlier on big dreams, yeah, big dreams. Yes. Yeah. That was a long time ago. <laughs> so how would you um then like, I, I would assume, and please, please let me know what would then be the decision point with, between people when they're like, Oh, I'm either going to be a tax consultant or uh, would you say, would it be audit? What's I guess the next? you can go into, okay, so if you're not, if, if for, for myself, if I wasn't going to go into tax, yeah, because obviously tax has many different types of taxes, yep, yep. so, you know, I'm specializing in, in the income tax, yep. so the tax that you get from whether a company earns it or an individual, whoever earns it, okay, yep. but there's multiple different taxes, right? Yep. So um, if we're saying all of those taxes or something like auditing, yep. um, I don't think. There's consulting as well. Yeah. So you could be going into more consulting. Um, I think, yeah, so you want to know if, like, if you were to go into something else other than tax. That, that sorry, yeah. So, yeah, you, you, you just made me realize it's such a big question. We'll, go, we'll break it up into two parts. The first one is if you had to pick between two different roles before specializing, just generalizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, for example, like tax versus audit. Okay. Um, or what would then what would that role be that is closest to tax and or the most common role that people would um, decide between and then why would you try to sell sell tax to them sell tax over yeah okay, over yes. whatever that yeah, role okay, is yeah so yeah if we if we work on auditing so yeah. so you say that's the, that's the next I would say that's the next one yeah, yeah. consulting so th- that's sort of how our firm works so we've got a consulting side which is very um you know advising businesses on you know whatever they want to do right whether they're going into new ventures and stuff like that it's very big end mm. you know advising the big ASX companies on you know ventures that they're going to take on right mm. so that's that side i don't think that would be something someone that's going auditing or tax would go into mm. because they can but i think that's very for our firm a lot of those guys are like um like engineers doctors former you know politicians whatever they may be they may have like an experience in a particular sector and they'll then be going and advising you know companies right so if you're an engineer you're a consultant now you go and advise engineering firms on how to best run and operate their business, right? Mm. So it's not something that you would probably do straight out of uni, I would assume. They do have grads that go through that, but yeah, it's it's quite foreign to me. But if I was to say after tax, um, you would step into more of a, an auditing role. I think auditing... I have had a couple months in auditing. The de- like the demand of the job is quite intense, mm-hmm. I think. But I don't think that's, you know, a shock to anyone mm. that, that doing something, yeah, doing auditing can be quite demanding. The hours can be quite tough. 
it has a very good reward after it if you mm. can stick by it and um, do it for a couple of years. I think you can you can really go places from it, particularly stepping into a lot of like high financial roles in companies and and stuff because it gives you a really good you know detailed overlook on a company and it really trains you up in 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 a lot of things but yeah i think the role like i was saying before i think going into auditing you don't get a very personal view of of the um of the business Mm -hmm. and the person because not not to diss on auditors of course (laughs) (laughs) i feel a bit of competition healthy competition healthy competition (laughs) i think a lot of people a lot of businesses aren't fond of auditors okay all right so obviously i'm sure that yeah they're all good people (laughs) but yeah i think it's a different you're you're going to the business in a different sort of approach Mm. in the way that you're you're interacting with them Mm. and you sort you're checking their work effectively right that's the role of an auditor you're checking what has happened over the year Mm. and i think i don't know it's just uh a role that's a bit more it's not personal it's not very personal to the business um and it's also something that they don't necessarily want to do yeah um a business i did you know most of them, well, I mean, the managers at least i don't think would really want like auditors coming through and <laughs> checking everything yeah uh, if you can just manage you know someone just wanting to check and test everything you've ever yeah, done question you, yeah. questions it's, it's a tough it's a very tough role and that's why um I'm saying that it, it is a good role to be in to like really push you. Mm. And that's why a lot of like young business students will go into auditing because it really tests you. It puts you in uncomfortable situations. Mm. It give, it really develops that questioning mind. So I'm sort of selling it there. Um, but for me, the biggest one is the work-life balance. Okay. Um, in the time that I was in auditing, um, I didn't get to experience it too much, but I saw like a lot of the seniors and, and that, and it was, it was a tough, it's, it's tough hours. Yeah. Um, and and the work is also, you know, most of the time you're dealing with big companies and they have very strict dates mm. on when things need to be um, done so that, you know, we all see these general meetings happening and these annual reports that go out, they all get checked, obviously. So it's, just, it's very demanding, a very demanding role. And I think tax is a lot more chilled in terms of work-life balance. I think that's quite, I think the auditors would say the same. They think we, you know, live in the dream, <laughs> not, not working very much. But yeah, I think... Work-life balance is a big one for me. The um, personal touch. the personal interaction with yeah. the owners, yeah, because it's different. So my, it's the, I come across saying that because of my role being yes. in a private clients yes. area, it's very personal yes. with the owners and stuff. So you don't, I don't, you don't necessarily get that in large audit practices. Yeah. And yeah, I like to. I feel like auditing for me as well is very looking back at what's happened throughout that year. Mm. Maybe some auditor would correct me, but I also I do feel like it's a lot of it is because you're checking yes. what happened. Um and in tax, yes, you're sort of doing the same. You're looking back at the last financial year and you're doing all the numbers, right? But there is a big element of our role that looks forward as well. Yeah. And I just feel like auditing doesn't get that mm. as much. I definitely need to get an auditor as a guest. <laughs> there might be a bit of a... Let them listen to this and they might uh, get upset with me. That's right. I'm sure they will say that... Um, the, I'll say the same completely opposite, us. yeah. <laughs> They'll be like, they we don't work in tax. We're always leaving at five. <laughs> but yeah, got a lot of auditor friends. Though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love how you just have to like, just, just reassure, reassure the audience. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. 
Wow, it's already been like 30 minutes. Oh my uh, I know, right? I think we might have to do some like part one, part two. We can continue this, but I'll just split it up. Yep. Um, so we've kind of already covered, like you've introduced yourself, introduced the role of tax. You've differentiated tax from audit and you've kind of tried to sell the idea. But I think now let's go specifically into your experience 